Hello and welcome to another episode of Hot Takes, the Sword Screen Podcast where we see new movies, or at least new to me, which is all movies. Every time I do a podcast, it's a hot take. My name is Robbie Anderson. I've never seen a movie, but I'm going to talk to you guys about the one I saw today. I'm joined by Mike Burge. How are you, Mike? I am very, very good, Robert. And it is good to be here to talk about the adventures of Titan. The Adventures of Titan. Mm-hmm. Before we get into it, just so you guys know, what is Story Screen? Where did it come from? It came from the mind of Mike Burge. It's a movie theater, and it also has a podcast. But there's also StoryScreenBeacon.com, which is hosted many articles, podcasts, and reviews. So when you're done listening to this, head to the website where you can buy tickets for upcoming shows, as well as read some of the cool stuff that we all produce, and listen to some of the cool stuff that we all produce, and um, anything that we do... Is on there, to my knowledge. Is there anything that we that we do do that's not on there, Mike? It's all there, right? It's all there. It's all there. It's all there. Uh, we're here, as Mike alluded to. Uh, we're here to talk about the new this new sci-fi thriller drama. I think it's a horror movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's a horror movie. I'm, I'm disagreeing with IMDb on this one. We're playing it uh, as part of the horror show. It it counts. It counts. It counts. I mean, if we say if Story Screen gives it the horror yeah. stamp, mm-hmm. that's undisputed. much like the main Undeniable. rules of this podcast. These opinions are the ultimates. Yeah, solidified into fact. Uh, we saw Titan, the new movie from Julia. I'm, Mike, help me. How do you say your last name? Julia. I just need help. Julia DeCarno. Julia DeCarno. Mm-hmm. The new film from Julia DeCarno. Uh It is fucking weird. Mike, I am dying to hear your hot take. I think the thing about this movie mm. is I'm so happy we didn't do like an old-fashioned hot take on it where we get off the microphone and then you just like talk about it. And yeah. uh, I, ta- I we saw it at different times and when I talked to you, you were just like, you're not ready. To, you're not going to be ready to talk about it right after. And like I was... You know, I went with my girlfriend. We were talking about it. We had a good time. But, like, it definitely took a few days of of sitting on it. And even, like, you know, reading other stuff to kind of really flesh it out. But, Mike, what is your now a few days removed uh, as spicy take as you got? What do you got? Um, Yeah, I stand by my earlier statements that um, once the movie was over, I had watched it um, before it had opened to the public. Watched it at the theater with um, one of my best buds, uh, Brian, who was visiting from L.A. Uh, He got to check that out. Uh, uh, He was completely blown away by how great the movie theater is, which I like because he is a man of high standards. Um, He was also blown away by the fact that I could pause the movie from my phone uh, so that he could go on a pee-pee break. Kind of blew his brains out the back of his skull, which was nice. Um, <laughs> had to clean that up. But immediately afterwards, like he, we started talking about it, and I was kind of upfront. I was like, I'm not really ready to start really talking about this movie yet because I feel like I'm still digesting it. There's a lot going on in here. Uh, the film is uh, very disjointed, and um, there's not a whole lot of um, start to finish. Uh, cohesiveness to it uh i think that the film is tight in what it is doing um which i think are all intentional things but are also very big um very big uh 
disclaimers of taste. Uh, you're either into stuff like this or you're not. That's not even getting into the gross-out, provocative French extremist kind of vibe that this thing is essentially just like breathing and living on throughout its entire stylistic vibe that it's doing. Uh, it's a very provocative movie. Julia DeCarnot is a very provocative director. Um, she likes horror. She likes thrillers. And she likes her own kind of spin on those things. She likes talking about, um, you know, the feminine truth and likes talking about uh, discussions on bodies and how we control our bodies and how our bodies control us and how the world controls our bodies and stuff like that. And that's where a lot of the body horror in both her first film, Raw and Titan, uh, that's where a lot of it comes from. Uh, this movie, uh, I like it. I like it a lot. I like it more and more as I get away from it. Um, when I first walked out, I was like, that's a good movie. Uh, I've got some issues with it, but I need to try and I think those issues are me not necessarily wrapping my head around the structure of it. I pretty much was getting, uh, a lot of the themes while I was watching it. But again, the first half of this movie, not to get into spoilers or anything, of course, uh, first half of this movie is wildly different than the second half, um, uh, likened it to something like full metal jacket, which is two completely different movies. Uh, you got your boot camp stuff at the beginning and then you got your war stuff at the end. And they're just very, very different movies with kind with pretty much different things to say. Um, cohesive in the point that it's talking about one thing, but, the first half, much like Titan, focuses on one aspect that they're discussing, and the second half focuses on a completely different one with shades of what they were talking about in the first. Plot points and things that are thrown out in the first half of this movie um, for provocation and um, thrills and just wildly uh, plot twists are kind of put to the side Uh in the second half, because it really does become a different movie, but c'est la vie, such as life, they, these things happen uh, in the real world. A tight script and plot it do not make, but that doesn't make it a bad movie. Uh, ultimately, I really liked it. I like it more and more as I keep going and I keep uh, digesting and dissecting aspects of it that really interested me. I definitely want to see it again. Uh, I've been walking into the theater at certain points to see if people get up and walk out. We have had many walkouts. Uh, everybody was very nice and cool. Nobody was like, how dare they? They're just like, nope, not for me right now. No, thank you. Uh, <laughs> nobody demanding refunds or getting all crazy about it. Uh, that'll probably happen with Benedetta, Paul Verhoeven's new movie that's coming out in December that, we, that we've got opening day about lesbian nuns. My favorite. My favorite. My favorite. Um, but enough of my bullshit. Robert, I know this film was lacking in animation, but what did you think about it? Yeah, I mean, you know, a star knocked off for no animation, mm -hmm. as all movies not having animation do. Another star knocked off, no superheroes. So, oh, I beg to differ. Already starting off. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Mike, I, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, now that I'm a few days removed and have also, uh, read some stuff and talked about it and, you know, now I had some time removed from like actually seeing the film. I really like it. Uh, my experience when watching the film was, you know, just painfully entertained, painfully engaged. 
and you know definitely leaving the movie you know, almost feeling like i had a slice of humble pie being like not sure if i fucking get it mm. not sure if i fucking get it i don't know but uh i definitely was like engaged the entire time of the movie and uh there's a quote that um my girlfriend claire sent to me that's from julia and it goes like this my goal is to address the bodies of my audience before i address their minds this this makes it a physical experience. I do not believe that physicality. Uh, I don't believe that physically physicality when you watch movies is very important because it makes you active. It makes you completely in the story, and at the same time, you can question why you are feeling those things. You feel, and then you think. So she kind of is like discussing this idea of like her making her audiences like feel something, so that they are just kind of like even more engaged as watching the movie. And we see that in, like, a, I think that's, like, a very true quote of, like, horror movies in general, right? They do these things that are gross out or shocking because it, like, commands the audience attention. and makes them feel something before they actually start thinking about the movie. And I think that's something that this movie is very effective in doing, that it makes you feel. Like, it's very, like, pulling on you physically to, like, it commands your attention as you watch it. And I think that's, like, really cool. Like, I think that's a really cool, unique experience of the movie. And... You know, with movies like this, totally understand it's not everyone's cup of tea. I had to figure out if it was my cup of tea or not, and it is. But uh, I really feel like when you get to watch something that's so, like, by design and purposeful and pointed from a specific auteur, like, that's always really cool. And that always, like, you have to kind of watch the movie in that context, I think. It's just like, yeah, movies like this don't get made that fucking often. This is not a movie to appease people or please a wide audience it's this fucking insane art house movie that's trying to say say something say something but also just like be be provocative and be you know interesting and be entertaining like it's 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 cool like it's cool movie and in reading um when we get into the spoiler part of the podcast like i read uh, a really good interview with the director and lead uh on deadline that really helped kind of like helped me digest it a little bit more. It was the, it was the gas X to me watching this movie. Um, and there's LA, LA times review that really kind of like summed up a lot of what's like, you know, I think it kind of like helped hone in, you know, a lot of like the core themes of the movie into something that like, I could really like even digest more not to like overuse that. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed the movie. I even think I'd fucking watch it again. (laughs) You know, I think it's really cool. Um, and there's just nothing like it, man. Like, ain't nothing like this shit. It's not even like Raw. Like, Raw is probably the closest thing I can think of to it. And also, when I watch these movies that are, like, so crazy and so artistic from, like, you know, non-American directors, it just, like, kind of makes, like, it's like when you look at the stars and you feel, like, so insignificant. That's how I feel with, like, so you think you know a lot about, or, you know, Mike, you know a lot about movies. But me, I was like, I think I know a lot about movies. And I see, like this and i'm just like man there's just there's even just like a whole fucking scope of movies that i haven't even totally engaged with or understood and it just kind of makes me feel tiny i mean that's everybody uh, anybody who thinks that they know everything about movies is a fucking douchebag um but like there's a lot of movies like this out there um in the in the like not specifically and it's never fair to compare movies outside of Movies as a whole, it's kind of unfair to um, compare them to other things outside of a specific director's filmography. Um, 
you know, you can compare screenwriting, you can compare like shock value, you can compare acting between different actors and stuff in different projects and even in different projects also in that same director's filmography. Um, but ultimately, you really can't compare uh, the experience of a film as a whole to another film as a whole. Um, you can, I guess, but you're really not going to have any any juice out of that. I don't think you're really going to come to any actual conclusions and stuff because you're comparing two things that are just kind of have nothing to do with one another, even if they're in the same genre and from the same country. I mean, this is a French extremist film. There are a lot of French extremist films. There are a lot of extremist provocative films uh, that are still being released. Gaspar No comes to mind who made stuff like Enter the Void and Climax. Um, sure. You know, and, you know, Lars von Trier has uh, is notorious for a lot of like provocative shock value stuff. Paul Verhoeven as well. Again, going back to Vendetta that's coming up. He's extremely provocative. Same with Paul Schrader, uh, whose recent card counter and first reformed are pretty much uh, are both just like sharpened to a very fine point to be provocative and push buttons. Um. But what Julia Ducourneau is doing in Titan and commenting on her quote, uh, I call I call 40% bullshit on that. Uh, oh. Julia Ducourneau is uh, a little trickster. She does not like interviews. She fucks around a lot. And much like uh, David Lynch, uh, you know, the movie is the talking doesn't really seem to have a lot of fun talking about the movie after the fact, kind of like the movie is what it is, doesn't want to explain things. Um, I get that she wants the physicality to come up front before you feel. Um, and I call bullshit just because, uh, Julia, that's how movies work. Um, that's how all movies work. You start out introducing characters before you start landing emotions and stuff like that. I understand where she's coming from in a explaining way where she's trying to talk about the thing that I was talking about up front, which is the kind of uh, course shift halfway through the movie where the beginning doesn't feel like the end. That makes sense because the beginning is much more physical um, than the ending in some ways. And the end and the later half is much more emotional than the beginning half. And I think that that is inarguable. Like I, I think there's much more emotion in the later half with the characters that get introduced into that aspect of it. But I think that the 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 biggest issue with this movie is its disjointedness and the non-connective tissue between some of the things that they are doing in the first part and some of the things that they are doing in the last part. And honestly that disjointedness um confused me in like a bad way while watching the movie where I wasn't really connecting myself as early as I should have to these characters emotionally. So in that aspect, if that's what she was going for, it didn't work on me because I didn't really start connecting with these characters until about an hour and 15 minutes in when I probably should have been starting that by her own definition around 45 minutes in. Um, I eventually did fall in love with the characters because I understood that you know, we get no inner monologues. We get no real um, declarations of what people want and what their intentions are, especially in the main character. Um, but I started finding myself caring about these people because I realized that the movie was very much about broken people and um, 
caring for one another and how we can help one another. Again, try not to get too specific and stuff. We'll save that for in a little yeah. bit. Um, the, I think the key to this, I like this movie a lot. The disjointedness is an issue that I have. Uh, I believe that it is intentional and I'm just having a hard time connecting certain things. And we'll talk more about that specifically. And maybe you can even help me out with that. Um, because it's just a, it's just a couple little things and you've probably read more on the movie than I have now. Um, but I will say, definitely want to get this out before we get into the spoilers, whenever they may come. If someone's listening to this and they haven't seen the movie yet, and they are like a lot of people do use the first 20, 25 minutes of hot takes to see if they want to go see something because we don't spoil it. I will say that you definitely should see this movie in a movie theater. If you're comfortable with that, uh, with other people, it's that type of movie. And also I would, I would insist that you let the movie in. I think I said this to you, and Claire, before you guys went in and a couple other people, I was like, yeah. you need to let the movie in. It wants to provoke you and it wants to make you feel uncomfortable. And sometimes that can make you kind of try and close off so you don't get scared. You know, like when you're going through a haunted house and you're just like, I'm not going to be scared of anything. You close yourself off and it's like, eh, why'd you pay money for it? You need to let it in. You need to find the heart and how it connects to you because the movie will be so much more rewarding, especially in its later half, if you really just let it in as early as possible. And that can be difficult because the movie is very much trying to piss you off in the first 45 minutes. Well, it's definitely, it's, I mean, it's being insane. I mean, you know, back to the quote briefly, you know, I think like her talking about the physical experience, you know, I kind of interpreted it, it as her discussing kind of like shock value and yes. how like doing something shocking works and how it is like a shock to the body. And then it makes you kind of like, you know, you're kind of like focused up in that moment and then you kind of have, you think about it after, but um, yeah, I mean, I th listen, I think those criticisms are totally valid and you know, it truly does feel like it's two separate movies um, or it's like mostly a movie. Then the other movie happens and then the first movie's ending comes back, and it's just like the first movie's back, and it's weird now. Yeah. Um, and again, it's like and I'm not. Yeah. I I get what she's getting at with that. I think that it is with that quote. I think it's a little Darren Aronofsky talking about mother. It's like don't you think so? fucking talk yeah. to these people about this shit if they don't get it. And it's like I agree that yes, there is more emotion in the later half than there is in the beginning, but. To, and I, and if what she means by that is that no emotion in the first half, just physicality, and then physicality and emotion in the later half, that I agree with. But I feel like from that quote, and I only heard you say it once, uh, it, it felt like she was trying to say that like it gets less physical and more emotional in the later half, which it does not because the physical body horror of everything continues, especially with the fact that you get introduced to new characters who have their own versions of the body horror that's kind of going on and stuff. Um, I'm just, I'm so fucking pissed off about just these like little tiny things that I can't wait to talk to you about. And hopefully you can remedy them because I loved raw so much. And I went into this like yeah. fucking go for it, girl. You raw got this is way more of a, is way more of a movie. Than it's, this it's tighter. Like, you know it's I mean? cohesive. Like, yeah. It's dealing with a lot of the same things. Um, but this one is edgier and it's more rock and roll and I'm into that, yeah. you know, um, but, but I have a couple issues with it that are all 
they have to fall on Dickerno's shoulders because she is the main writer. She only had uh, three other writing consultants with this, which was probably talking about like a lot of stuff that maybe was outside of her wheelhouse as far as like yeah. a human being and her experiences. Um, and she's the director and this is on her. So I'm like that quote. I'm just kind of like, Shh, quiet. Hold on. Let us. The movie has has so, only been out for like a month. Like you know, with people watching it and stuff like that. Like it's just. Well, I mean, that quote could have also been. I'm not sure exactly where this specific quote was pulled from. It was sent to me separate. Um, so it could even be about like raw. You know, like I'm not even sure if it's specifically about Titan. I think it applies to Titan for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't um, think that that would apply to raw. There's not a whole lot of physicality in raw. Well, I mean, there's like cannibalism cannibalism right? is yeah. like physical in that yeah and, yeah and there's shock value in raw right. right like that's there yeah i mean again like that quote i think is is ubiquitous of like yeah like it's it's like yes this is true of many movies but i do think that's why like horror movies work so well because like you know you see these gruesome murders that happen and then when you have your movie as everyone does when you have your movie podcast and you talk to your friends about it then yes. you get to like analyze the way it made you feel afterwards you know you have these moments of like real intense violence in the first movie of Titan. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's shocking. And then there's, you know, these physical moments that continue to shock you and, and pull just kind of like guttural emotions out of you. And then later you have time to like analyze how you felt, you know, it was a very, I think Titan for me really works, you know, and even like for me as someone who, you know, I've, I've talked a lot about how I went to school for screenwriting and I like type plots as well. And generally what I look for in movies that really please me is um, simple concepts executed brilliantly. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, that's always like what really worked for me. But we're I do, on the same I, page. I do with like that. stuff like this. I do like stuff like this yeah. too. I watch stuff like this all the fucking yeah. time. It's mm -hmm. it's just that's the thing that I'm having trouble kind of getting over because it's like, it, 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 and again, like we got to break into the spoilers soon because like I'll have so much yeah. more nicer, loving, positive things to say once we can start talking about specific themes and moments and stuff. It's just right up yeah. front. It's just like the disjointed nature of it is going to um, piss people off. Um, you know, you're going to get your usual people that like aren't going to think about movies in the same way that we do. You know, I'm very much of the I need a movie on its on its own terms kind of guy. Yeah. Um, and normally I can find out what a movie's vibe is within the first like 20 minutes. But that doesn't really count in this because... I mean, kind of, because the opening of the movie is kind of the vibe of the later half of the movie before it goes into something else. This kind of this kind of prelude that we get to everything. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's I like the movie a lot. I have some issues with it, but those issues have gotten less and less as I thought about yeah. it more and more. At this point, now I've seen it. Uh, I saw it like five days ago, and there's just a couple little things that I still haven't been able to wrap my head around, and I'd like to talk about those soon. Yeah, I mean, that's what this is. You know, we're going to massage that out. I think, you know, I think for me, I really enjoyed this movie as an experience, as, you know, as as the ride of it. Well, you saw it at one of the best movie theaters in the world. That's going to happen. So I one of the best movie theaters in the world, yeah. The um, Regal and like, Fishkill. I, enjoyed the re <laughs> <laughs> I think this would, like, burn down the Regal and Fishkill. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Is it playing there? It just turned I don't think anything's playing at the Regal and Fishkill for our all our uh, is that is it all not our, is it not open? all our Australian listeners? Which do you know that we have a shit ton of Australian listeners? 
I know we had a bunch of UK ones. And they comment. They comment and stuff. Like, it's like, they're real people. And it's like, it's it's none of that SoundCloud comment stuff where it's just like, awesome track story screen. Check out these guys. (laughs) And I'm like, okay. Oh, I love it when the bass drops here. And I'm like, Jack just said the word nerd. That's not that's not a bass drop. That's that's the dude. That's, that's the, the bass drop. drop. Yeah, that's the drop. That's the bass drop. Um, yeah, I enjoy this movie for the the ride that it is. Sure. You know, and I and I and I enjoyed that like the way it made me feel and like how uncomfortable it made me feel. Like mm-hmm. I feel like there's been a few horror movies I've seen lately where I've really criticized their kind of lack of tension. Mm. And this movie just like, I feel like had me like so it's tense. Nothing but tension. It's nothing but tension. It's the entire time. And it's so it, brilliant. It never, and then like, it never releases fully. Um, yeah. And, I feel and if it does, it the, backhands um, that with just immediately showing you another fucked up thing that is just like shot so fucking well. Love the colors. I think that's another in this thing we did. We didn't even talk about, dude. Like the the craft of the movie. It looks like fucking the technical. great. It looks it looks fucking, fucking amazing. Like, great. It's incredible. It looks fucking like, great. Everything about it. Like yeah, yeah. It's 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 fuck. I mean, anything. It's fuck. Cool. Right. Like, <laughs> it's, it's fuck. <laughs> this movie's fuck in. I give this one yeah, fuck out of one fucks. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I agree. Yeah, I think that like, and I, you know, it's another movie that I think is really like open to interpretation too. But uh, I mean, what I'd say this movie, I think sometimes I see these movies, man, and it, when it's like, do you recommend it? It's just like I think everyone should try and watch. You should try. You should try and see if you can stay in the seat the whole time and fucking watch it. It's fucking cool. But if someone's just like, yeah, that movie's not for me, I'd be like, nah, I get like I love killing a sacred deer. If someone's just like, that movie's not for me. Sure. It's just like. I like yeah yeah and you know that's I, a that's a weird fucking movie when, dude I get when it. we like, get into the spoilers too like I'll bring up some of the stuff that my buddy Brian said who's like you know me and Brian love movies we watch a lot of movies together we talk about movies a lot um and he had some absolutely fair points and I'm sure that he wouldn't mind me kind of sharing a couple of those and just kind of yeah. like quoting him on some stuff you know but like and I agreed with him at the moment on a lot of things but like as I've learned as I chewed on it some more you know, I feel like I'm getting kind of uh, repetitive in this and stuff, but I, I, I've come to more of it. Yeah. I mean, I think when I was first leaving the movie, I was just like, this movie's spinning a lot of plates. I wonder if it's like biting off more than it can chew. But the more time I've like read other people's takes on it and sat on it and even digested those takes and stuff like that, I've kind of been like, I think it's all. I think it's all there. It's it, just the movie yeah. is. Cha- the it movie closes, is challenging. It closes, it's a challenging film. Yeah, it closes the loops. It's a challenging film. I like to be challenged, yeah. um, because I do not know everything about movies, and regardless of how many movies I've seen, whether they're like this or not, you know, the whole point that you go to see new movies is that you might get something different, and yeah, that's where the comparative thing kind of comes into, where it's just like, yeah, I've seen way more fucked up shit. In movies than this, and I've seen sure. weirder fucking movies, um, and I've seen better fucking movies, you know? Like, is this a masterpiece? I don't think it is. I think it's a pretty great movie. Pretty great. I think it's a pretty great movie. And yeah. that's way better than when I first walked out of it, where I was like, it's a good movie. It's good. Sure. It's a ride. It's visceral. It's fun. It's it's something that's really fun to talk about, which, again, I can't I wait think, to yeah. start doing, Robbie. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, I don't think it's a, a ubiquitous masterpiece, but I think to, to people who can really vibe on this wavelength, yeah. 
it can be. Right? Oh yeah. If you're someone who like really gets the fuck off on movies like Climax, this is this is going to be a movie you know, that like, people who are like fucking 14, 15, 16 right now that are into fucking indie movies and stuff like that. This is going to be something minds. that like they're going to be talking about for the rest of their lives. This is this is yeah. their Donnie Darko. God damn it. You know, they're just yeah. like, can you believe it? It's like time travel and stuff and imaginary bunnies. He's stabbing the mirror. That's like one of the coolest fucking things in a movie ever is when he's stabbing that mirror in Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko like, is bacow, bacow. Cool. Donnie Darko's We should do an over drinkers on Donnie Darko. I will get so drunk and talk about it. Fuck yeah. We're, don't even we're, we're gonna have to make that, that a sleepover special though. You're gonna you're gonna have to come that on up and, and I'll have to I'll have to scream about how queer I am again. Yeah. Uh you pretty, oh, pretty, so. pretty fucking gay. Yeah, pretty gay. <laughs> All right, man. Well, Mike, I think you're ready to scream about specifics, not just vagueness. Oh, yes. Is that correct? Oh yes. Oh yes. All right. Uh, we recommend seeing this movie at story screen. If you can't see it at a story screen, try and just try and watch it. If you can't make it all the way through, I'm not going to yell at you, but I think you should try. You should try, especially because the later half has a lot of cool stuff. Get through, get through the first 40 minutes. That's where a lot of like the intense shit is. Not to say there's not yeah. intense shit in the, in the later half, but like no. get through all of it has a point. It's handled provocatively, but I think as delicately as it needs to be. Just try and go for the ride. If it's not for you, check out. Because if you do not vibe with the first 30 minutes of this, you are not going to vibe with the ending. Yeah. I think even if you do vibe with the first 30 minutes, you might be surprised. Very true. Where the next hour takes you. Well, we're going to talk about what that means exactly. And we're going to tell you who dies in the second half of Hot Takes. We'll be right back with spoilies. We're back with spoilies for Titan, which short for titanium. Up front. Maybe. Hit me. First. Yeah. Titan. 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 Second. Is the character that Garance Millier plays in this? The lead character from Raw. Is that the same character from Raw? They have the same. I don't think they have so. the same name. They have the same name. So, um, to quote the Deadline interview, uh-huh. because it kind of like references this. Uh, Deadline says or asks the film Junior starts with an adolescent from high school, and then the, your second film Raw is about a young adult in college, and then Titan. Explores the life of someone in their early 30s. Is there a pattern where you're exploring topics across age groups? The director answers, It's true that I like to install a form of affiliation between my films to make them somehow one continuous gesture. It makes sense to me to have this evolution between characters because they bear similar names, somehow mutating from one film into the next. I definitely see them as different forms of the same character. So, kind of. I choose to believe... It's the same. I choose to believe that that is the same character. Well, I mean, it's not necessarily wrong to interpret it that way. I think that quote's really interesting. It's not. It's not. It makes me think of specifically wrong. 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 (laughs) I like that quote because it reminds me of like, I feel like this idea of like 
films in a director's repertoire that is like they feel similar because they're one like artistic gesture they're like kind of like one thing they're trying to say but it's like mutating i like that because i feel like that's what maybe creators like tarantino or even Mm. kevin smith were doing before they became a little obsessed with this idea of the view skewniverse you know what i mean where it's just like it can just be just like nah man you're just like hitting that note and that's and that's still cool right like that's still cool i I really like that idea it's just like it's like yeah i use these similar names and touchstones between characters because it's it is a part of like my continuing like artistic expression that is also evolving Mm. you know but it has these touchstones between my works like i think that's like that's like really cool and i think a lot of directors do that and some of them get trapped in the idea of just like what if we could actually that's when you're biting off more you can chew where it's like what if we can actually make them all connected? It's just like, is that more interesting? Well, that's kind of Tarantino's just, vibe where he's like, you know? I mean, they're kind of connected. Like we got little like blah, blah, blahs and stuff, but yeah. they're more like fun winks and everything. That's more exploitation. I guess that's more of the fans of who are shit. trying yeah. to plug them together. I mean, but they're in there. Like he's, he's got like, oh, this is the ancestor of that. Yeah. These guys are brothers, you know, that kind of thing. Sure. But um, let's, let's go, Robbie. Yes. Uh, if, if I may. Please. For a moment. I'm ready. What's your favorite moment in Tatan? Um, may I have a few? Let's start talking specifics. I really like the scene where she murders the four people in the beginning of the movie, the climax Fantastic of the shit. first movie. Um, there's a scene in there where it's not even maybe like that like shocking of a scene comparatively to the rest of the movie but on a technical I level i was really surprised by watched it. you she's watch this- that by the way Did i you? went into the theater because i was checking the, the the what i said up There's- front that i went into the yeah. theater during several screenings to see when people would leave and the screening that you were at two people got up and walked away um at the scene right and before you're that what the scene was uh which is the is that the, the is that the nipple the scene, abortion right? scene is what uh is that right before that? That's oh, right before right. that because that's what leads yeah. into. I mean, that shit's fucking jacked. It's up. jacked but, up, but um, it's like the best. It bring hearkening Tarantino again. It's 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 the tell don't show. You don't see anything. It's all sound and performance that makes and vibe that makes yes. you feel squeamish. And two people got up and walked out uh, during that scene, and one person got up and walked out. Um, during the scene that you're talking about. So she's murdering these people and there's a scene where she's on the staircase and she grabs a woman by her chest and like pulls her down getting ready to like kill her. Cause I think I forget if she's the one who gets away or she she's the one that her. gets away. Yeah. She's the one that gets away. So in this scene, the camera starts at the top of the staircase, goes down in one shot, hugs the wall, like the tight end of the wall, yes. totally turns around. And in this continuous shot, She's grabbing this woman. She's doing this stunt on a staircase. Yes. And I was just like, this is so hard to shoot. Again, like, this, this is, is the so thing insanely hard to do. That like, I have, I've read some, I, I didn't read any professional critic reviews on this because I wanted to keep my opinion fucking gold and just like sure. pure for me before this podcast. I, but I did what I do sometimes is I'll go on Google reviews or um, Rotten Tomatoes, unfortunately, because that's where you can really get people who are probably not vibing with this thing and kind of get where they're coming from. Um, And a lot of people are saying that it's not exciting enough um, cinematically. And I'm like, I don't 
That I is do like, not no. fucking understand no. that. And it just sounds no. like something that you say to try and seem ab- sounds smart. above the movie. I'm not saying that that's what everybody fucking does. Um, if you don't like the look of the movie, it doesn't vibe with you. Fuck yeah. That's you. That's your vibe and stuff. But that's not the movie's fault. That's yours. Yeah. You are not vibing with that. Does that mean that you have bad taste? Probably fucking not. If you're commenting on the cinematic quality of how a movie looks and is shot, you probably know at least a little bit what you're talking about. I think some of these people are just kind of tossing it out there because they're like, oh, that's sure. what that's what that's some that's some Siskel and Ebert shit. Like, I'll just say that. And it's like, eh, okay. that's what a film critic. Would right. Say. Exactly. Yeah. But that <laughs> I, I'm glad that yeah. you brought that up because that is that entire Sequence. sequence is yeah so fucking funny and so impressively made and so yeah. um character driven as we're getting to see all these cool things that we've been promised from the trailer and like the review quotes and stuff about how grisly this thing is and how intense it is like that is like one of the big payoffs in it where you just get this amazing sequence of one starting at the couch, two downstairs, three upstairs, four going back down the stairs. Like it's all these crazy yeah. things. I remember you specifically, um, uh, Jupe, who is um, the extremely large roommate who shows up towards <laughs> the end and starts talking to her and he's very nice he's a sweetheart i'd love to be friends with that character because he seems like a really really nice guy um when she kills him i heard you audibly go oh you did (laughs) you did because you you think for a moment like oh is she gonna like let this guy go or something like that but it's like no she's not that yeah i also think and like i think i read this from the same deadline uh, interview, but she talks about like, how do you make your audience have empathy for the sociopath? Right. And she does it again. She kind of does it by, by going about it like physically in that scene, when you see her tired after killing two of the people and she's fatigued and that guy comes out, it's like, I felt bad for him when he got murdered for sure. But in some weird, like primitive way, I was like, Oh man, she's so tired. What is she going to do? And then I was like, wait, what the fuck? Who am I rooting for in this scene? Yeah. I don't even know. And I think that's like, it's, it's brilliance. And that's how the movie also like makes you have sympathy for this character for much of its runtime where you cannot connect with her on an intellectual level. She is so disconnected from what you, ideally you as an empathetic person would be. But seeing her go through like pain and endure this like uh, physical trauma that, you know, I can't claim to fully understand yet, but I have some running thematic guesses you know seeing her feel pain and seeing her go through the gambit of like the physical trauma on her body creates this level of empathy from the audience you know and again i think that's it's i think it's brilliant i think the craft of this movie is brilliant and i think that a lot of the criticisms that can be laid on it from a plot perspective uh are i mean i think accurate but it's hard insanely insanely valid if people yeah. have problems yeah. with the plot of this movie and how it unfolds sure. and the kind of connectiveness or lack thereof of things, 100%. That is there. I believe it, it is intentional, which we'll get into when we start talking about the themes and stuff of it. Right. But much like uh, Julia Decarneau's bullshit quote, 
I'd like to talk about the physicality <laughs> first. I'd like to talk about the physicality, please, the yeah, stuff. Please, I, I wish I didn't even bring it up. No, no, no. I think it's a really good... I'm not trying to knock her as like being full of shit when she says it. I'm saying that I think that she said that in a sense of answering a question that she probably had zero interest in answering. So just kind of... You think she's trolling? Not trolling, just being like, well, yeah, I did this. That's why it's like that. You know, it's just like, it's just shrug it off. Like there's, there's far more interesting things to talk about than, which is again, why I don't think that it's a deal breaker that this movie is kind of disjointed. I think there's far more interesting things to talk about than the disjointed feel of the first half and second half and the connective tissue between yeah. those two. I think that even though that those seem to be my hangups, which again, we're going to talk about once we start getting into the themes and everything. I love talking about this movie. Like I'm having a great time right now. I, I hope everybody is, listening is 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 vibing <laughs> on this too because like uh, this is one of the most exciting hot takes I've been on in a long time because I'm really excited this to hear is, what you have to say too. This is lobster level. This is killing the sacred deer level. Yeah, this is like, like podcast yeah, this shit. Is where it's just like this movie's fucking odd weird. Shit. Let's, let's, let's go. fucking yeah. dig into it. But again, physicality before emotions. In this sense, uh, set pieces, which there are a lot of in this movie first, before we start talking about the emotionality of the themes and stuff like that. Uh, my favorite scene is the car fucking, because that car fucking's a close fucking second, bro. scene is <laughs> so good. Most likely, it's definitely in the top five, if not number two, best scene I've seen in a movie in 2021. The number one scene one? that I've seen in a movie in 2021 uh, is from a film called um, The Killing of Two Lovers. Uh, anybody listening that hasn't seen that, go watch it. Anybody who's listening who has seen that, you know exactly what scene I'm talking about. And fuck yeah. Um, but I love that. I love that scene. I have gone into the theater five times. To see the car. To see the car fucking scene. To see how people (laughs) react to it. Because it is gloriously presented both in sound, visual, tone. It is is disturbing. It is funny. It is over the top. It is everything that I want this entire movie to be. And quite frankly, that kind of is what the entire movie is. Just on kind of different levels. Different spice yeah. factors, like you know when you when you're when you're ordering from like an Indian restaurant, they'll have like a little pepper symbol next to the name to be like this is like really hot to let oh, you know that. that there are scenes in this movie that have that little pepper symbol next to them that where like these are <laughs> spicy, these are spicy scenes. But mm, it's gonna be so spicy. You're still in an Indian restaurant throughout the entire fucking movie. Everything's spicy. Everything's got a little spice yeah. to it. But these ones are the ones that are like, mm, I got the ba. Um, Real fucking spice. And I need to also put straight up front, like, I, we're going to jump around. Cool? We're going to yeah, jump around. That's fine. Love the, I'm not trying to go Love anywhere. the car scene. <laughs> My favorite moment, though, in the movie that is not like a physicality. That is very much an emotion. The thing that really made me go, I love this movie regardless of how I feel about it right now. Because while I was watching, I was very confused. Um, yeah, fair. My favorite moment in the movie, which is probably my favorite moment of any movie this year, 
is the scene where uh, Victor Linden's character, Victor, says to uh, says to quote unquote Adrian, Adrian, I don't care who you are. You're my son. Yeah. And that will never change. Is that clear? Whoever you are. That is such a heartfelt moment and such a like that's when it like clicked for me. What was yeah. really going on as far as the dependence versus independence nature of the film, which I think is the the by theme of this thing. This this movie is about first up front, it is about control. Um, control over yourself, control over others, control over your body, and the lack of control and how that can feel. And it is also about the idea of relinquishing that control to someone else and the understanding that you will never have full control over yourself and your actions, no matter how aggressively what you do, no matter how aggressive what you do, like what it is. You could be a serial killer, like one of the most independent things that you can fucking do. You are out of society. You are fucking killing people. That's the entire idea is it's control over what I do. I don't let anybody tell me what to do. And that's where that kind of comes from in the first act that leads into the second, which isn't really present in there. You know, she's not killing people in the later end. She tries, she thinks about it, but she's like, "Mm, maybe I could do this like codependence thing. Um. That's my favorite moment in the movie because, and again, that is a moment that I think will be lost on people if they are not sold on the movie by that point and have not let the movie in heartfelt wise. I mean, that movie is really powerful. I mean, that movie uh, moments really powerful for its, for its emotional weight. Like you, like you mentioned and like, and I think also because like it, it, it's the movie kind of revealing how few showing its hands. Yeah, Exactly. It's showing where it's it's just like this movie isn't about like oh this character's pulling a fast one on this no, guy. No, he's, he's known breathing. the whole time, and you no, he's yeah. He, this is just a the movie. Part of yeah, you has great. suspected that since the beginning, like that yeah. he knows because like the whole introduction of his character and looking at her inside the window when they show quote unquote yeah. him, which we're going to talk about. Um, he's like, yep, yeah, that's that's him. That's my son. So a really when it's so obviously kind of- not. You can tell that that is not that is no, not him. your son. That is not your son at and all. You <laughs> would know that, and he goes along with it. And everybody that is introduced to Adrian knows, like, what the fuck? But nobody says anything. And even the mother, There's, which is like one yeah. of the best fucking scenes in the movie, is like, that's not mm-hmm. that's not what's going on here. That is not our son. Yeah, But she understands, as Adrian comes to understand and really solidifies understanding in that scene, this is why he needs this. She is you, – you come to understand it without it ever actually being spoken. And when you start to consider all of these things, all of the issues that you have with disjointedness – or rather that I had with the disjointedness of the movie fucking fade away. Because the heart in this thing and what it's trying to say about broken people, be they children of people or parents of people or friends, it starts to kind of slip away. And I kind of like how this movie is like sexuality is just like 
fuck it. It doesn't fucking matter. What is important is how we connect to one another. It could be sexual, romantic, lovingly, paternal, anything like that. It's like, it does not matter. It's the same fucking thing. And that's the closest I've come to trying to connect the one thing that I'm having a really hard time connecting the first half to the second half, which is the car stuff. The car allegory in the beginning is very clear. She kind of likes cars. We see that in the very beginning. She got, she got a little bit of metal in well, her head. Even before know? that, she's mimicking sure, she the sound of the car and she's an instigator. She likes to provoke much like the rest of the movie is going to be. And then she has like titanium in her head and she loves the car. She kisses the car. She's gyrating on the car and stuff. Um, again, another example of like the miracle of this movie is just the which I'm sure we'll get into even more too, as well as the, the changes of her body and how her body is first presented as the height of temptation and sexuality sexuality. and owning your body and just being this absolute fucking, she looks good. I like it. (laughs) She looks absolutely great. Uh, the movie pulls no sure. punches on exposing her or her exposing herself, it, whether it be actual nudity or just performance. And as the movie goes on, it her body deteriorates um, because of her choices. Well, I think I okay. So okay, yeah, sorry for for me. No, it's okay. Yeah. You're you're massaging. You it talk. Out. I'm you here talk for now. It. An interesting. This is a conversational podcast. Yeah, yeah but I, but we, I just went on like I, I'm keeping a look at the the counter. I know how much sometimes I can steamroll, and I I try it's not okay. to. Sorry, it's okay. So an interesting framing device for me that helps me understand the movie and all of its decisions, and it's something that I think Claire was reading, and then she was talking to me about. So it's kind of like you know she she has incepted this idea into my head, but looking at. The character of, let's get her name right, um, of Alexia Mm -hmm. as steel. She is metal. And seeing the character, the firefighter, Vincent, as flame. And how she is unmalleable, but it's through him that he starts to forge her into something different. And she changes, Mm. she is becoming malleable as as heated as she's getting Claire from fucking his said love. This? I think Claire read other things okay. and then she she was a well, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, she did tell me that. Sure. Yes, this came from her. It's pretty sure. good. And then her and I talked about it. She's smart, she's a smart cookie, babe. She's do the best. Um and so looking at the framing the movie in this context helped me understand kind of everything that's happening in it. Because that's how I view the movie now. Is this is this elemental Fuck. Film. I love that. This grounded elemental film. And that's to me what makes the movie so interesting. When you start looking at it in these mm. these concepts, these like grounded, you know, visceral concepts, everything about the movie makes sense. And the yes, other thing that that, that, that literally is, fixes the one major issue that a I a lot. Had. Like it's the it's the it's the combination <laughs> of the steel, the cars are the, the, they're like her. They're, they're like her. She wants her. to they're, be like them. Kin- yes. Yeah. And and that's something yes. that I was like already kind of like hitting on where I was like, well, then why is she a serial killer? That's the control thing. How does that connect to the car thing? Like, because all these things should connect. Do they have to? No, uh, yeah. but they should for a tight and story. I th- and I think that they yes. 
do. She is. I think that they do. She Another, is cold and distant and smooth yeah. and easy to understand, but not really, but is uh, incapable of explaining herself because she is steel. And the fire yes. of him, it. Yeah. Love that. That's it. Yep. That's it. That's it. There's a there's a scene when he's in the the house on fire simulation. Is another thing that Claire noticed because she's very smart. Um, they're in the simulation when the house is on fire, and he sees the child in yep. the enter. Do you remember yep. this? He sees the child in the entertainment unit, and he's having that flashback. So she, so Claire was like, "I think that whoever Adrian was died, and he knows that Vincent knows that his son is yes. dead, but he reported it as a missing person." Yes. And I think that's what's also like, like, and that again ties into him being like, I know you're not my son. Like, I know he like actually really knows 100% what's happening. Yeah. Yes. So that's from my well. point but of it's view. Just like, you know, I you should have, say, from my point, I'm not no, saying yeah, like that sure, was intention, sure. but that's what you I have, got. You to. have this, you have this man who's regressed to his like being in this firehouse and everyone's regressed to this um, hyper masculine kind of like default he's using roids he's he's regressing in this hyper masculinity but he's filled with just all this like passionate love that he needs to just give to something since the loss of his son and and he finally has an outlet and it's so powerful this heat that he has it's beginning to change even the social even starting to make and then it goes into the gender allegories where things like gender are steel things i really like want to hear what you have to say malleable. about that yeah because that's that well, is something so, again yeah. like that was something that i i, I left the movie and I, like it, there's so much going on in the movie i didn't even think about gender as a concept in it which is so fucking yeah, dumb yeah. i was so gonna say that's pretty fucking there. dumb <laughs> so that's a that's it's a pretty huge. fucking dumb yeah well because again i'm like i almost like you're almost like lost by the end of it because you're just like what the that's fuck when i that? watched it i almost, was like there's no animation in this but fucking robbie is gonna lap up this queer shit he's gender. just gonna like a little cat <laughs> drinking a saucer of milk but these cons these concepts of you know rigidness and gender being one of those things and then she takes you know she takes control of her body in one aspect where she begins to change it to survive but then it's it's her emotional rigidness that is like the harder thing to forge and by the end of the movie she becomes like totally something else you know and again like it's it's these these rigid concepts of masculinity femininity that become fluid that become liquid, which can also tie into like the oil that we see, you know, it's like, she's bleeding fluidity. She's bleeding these things out. She's having, and like, you know, the concept of everything in the movie conceptually is fluid. So why can't the plot be fluid? Like why like, it won't make Richard sense. This movie would be weirder if it made total sense almost, you know, like, yes. it's, I, I think against it's 100%. Thesis. And that's the, <laughs> that's the thing that I kind of came to like a day later. I was like, if this made more sense, if these issues that I had weren't present, this would be a completely fucking different movie. And honestly, it probably wouldn't be as good. It would still look no. great. The car, yeah. But like, it would yep, it, it would not be as good. And I mean, real even quick, like on the, your, if the car stuff got, sure, no, sure. Sorry, on your idea of control, like that is the entire, especially, that is the one theme that goes throughout the entire movie is control, control over your body. Control over your trauma. Control over the world that you think is fucking with you. And the ending is, you know, like, this goes between both Vincent and Alexa, Adrian. Like, it's, it, it, it is like, you know, he wants to be as good as he was. He's injecting steroids and doing all of this stuff and trying to be 
the person that he is. And the entire ending scene is so emotional because it is based on the concept that these people have been trying to control themselves and have been trying to control each other and have slowly given control over to one another. And that is revealed to us over like the span of the last half of the movie. And the final scene is both of them relinquishing control to not each other, but just to what's going to happen. And yeah. and that is that is personified in one of like the scariest lack of control moments that can ever happen in somebody's life, which is giving birth to some thing in a yeah. non-professional uh, environment. Like, we don't know what but the fuck's going to happen, they, and they just fucking go and for And this it. thing, this this child, like, you know, in one way, you know, Alexia, Adrian, gives this man the son that he's really wanted. Right. The child that he really wanted. The child and he lost. it's also the child he lost. And also, this kid is, like, has a metal back. It's chrome. This kid might be fucking indestructible. It might even be more of That's what actually wants. why like, I was like, is... I snarked at your superhero thing. I was like, well, I think there's a yeah, superhero like, in this know. movie. Because that's... <laughs> yeah, this is actually a Colossus movie. We didn't realize. Yeah. Um, but, like, you know, it's it's like he gets this thing. This thing that's forged through through malleability and through giving to change yeah. and through being fluid. Alexia like, is not it, seeking comfort uh she's well beyond that from yeah her car accident when she was a kid and what that's done to her from the uh suggested um you know uh bad dad to put it mildly yeah. uh growing up she's not looking to have a father figure but she finds it in vincent and it's a surprise to her and she fights against it as much as she can as a control freak as she is not in the typical sense of the word, but Vincent's entire thing is that he is also like, he wants to be able to take care of his son who he knows, at least in my interpretation is dead. He failed and he is given an opportunity in, he thinks a second in the arrival of Alexia as Adrian to be a good father. And to do all of the things that a good father does, wrestle, teach how to fight, uh, bring into a job, and 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 yeah. and jettison into a life where where he can have friends and stuff. And it's it's in that that at the end of the day, you know, we we don't know what the gender of the baby is True. at the end, which I think is very important. I mean, who even does even fucking matter? It at does this not. Point? <laughs> It does not matter. It does not matter. But also the fact that it doesn't matter matters. You know? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's part That's of the, part of the of thing. thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think Yeah. For sure. And I think like, you know, it, it, I think when you're watching during the course of watching the movie, but maybe before you come to these conclusions, it's maybe like does is Alexia when you see Alexia as Adrian start to you know, bend emotionally to Vincent. Is this because of, is this a survival tactic? Is this a sociopath putting on airs to survive? Or is it this person actually bending? And I think by the end of the movie, it's, it's, it's actual bending. It's not just 
someone trying to live, which is what the which is what this was in the beginning. Her changing herself, her reforging herself, her changing her stableness because she's kind of this character of uh, um, instigation, but also just kind of like. She's like a force of will. If she wants to fuck, she wants to fuck. If she wants to fuck and then she wants to kill, she's going to kill. She wants to survive. She wants to live. She's not a narcissist. But she also, she feels like doing something. She's just going to do it. She's she's impulse. She's like the beating heart, heart of impulse throughout the whole movie. And then she has to become not that, you know? And then her desires become more it, it becomes it's it's hard to decipher what they are during the course of the movie and i think by the end of it it's it turns into she's like well maybe i'll just live this way and yeah i don't know it's it's i think it's all again like you know the more we talk about the movie and like when i use that framing device it's like yeah the movie it's it's all there it is all in there and like that's when i when i love the movie being like i think it's biting off more than you can chew i'm just like no i think it's i think it's all there it's just one of those movies where it's just like you know it's like a um uh, what, what's the uh, coffin movie that came out last year? I'm thinking of ending uh, things. I'm thinking of ending My favorite things. Favorite movie like, of the it's year. In, favorite movie of the year. It's it's in line with a film like that, where it's like you know, it's so much less about the concreteness of plot and narrative, but more of the emotion of theme. Yeah. And the the difference between those two movies is that you know, I'm thinking of ending things validates these choices by having meta contextuality in and it has a through line of connective tissue like it it yeah. never even though it like jumps ship and goes to crazy places it is at the end of the it's day a line, movie though, about right? going to meet your the parents of your significant other that you're thinking about breaking up with and the ride back at yeah. the end of the day like that's what it is and that was my main issue with this one is like trying to connect the car stuff to everything else and the steel flame like connective like allegory is what really kind of solidifies that. So I love this movie now. Yes, this movie is really fucking cool. It's very cool. It's very cool. I'm glad you I'm glad that that worked for you because that's that's what really opened the door for me as well because I think I was on the same page where I was just like but I also, I left this movie being like, I want to understand. I don't know if you, did you see Card Counter yet? I have not. Okay. So, you know, Card Counter, I, I think I told you I left Card Counter being like, I, I wasn't as hot in it. You know, I, I wanted to like it, but I left Card Counter being like, I was excited to talk to uh, Jack about it on the hot take that we did last week. Because like, I know Jack fucking likes this movie. And I want to talk to someone who just fucking really likes this movie so I can understand it more. And, you know, after talking to him... Yeah, it's still it doesn't beat other Schrader movies for me, but I liked it a lot more just from talking to someone who really dug yeah. the movie. And I think that's like kind of my my mode of going into anytime I don't feel hot in a movie where it's like I just want to hear people talk about what they fucking got out of it, and that's gonna hell, help me. Hell yeah, get that's, into it. That's the entire you know? that's, point that's, that's of being a cinephile and having a community is talking yes. about movies that you're kind of uncomfortable with you're not sure of or that you really fucking like and you bump into somebody yeah. that is unsure of it and stuff like no no no, let me tell you how i fucking feel i think that's why with like candy man like i still haven't really like locked down a full opinion on it because i watched candy man and talked to some people and i was just like honestly that that movie had trouble clicking for me because like i never saw the first one and i went into this movie thinking it was more of a reboot nope. 
and that's not what it is. And that's why I'm just kind of like, all right, well, I'm hands off till I fucking get. My I guarantee you. Yeah, I think not that's only. Fair. I think that's not fair. only in watching Candyman, the new one for a second time. If you fucking give yourself a night where you just watch the original Candyman and then go right into the new Candyman when it's like available, I will. Fuck I think it. that you're gonna fuck with it way more because that's that's a huge part so. of Candyman's appeal i don't think that it's right it shouldn't be like that because you should be able to just kind of walk into it but because it is a legacy sequel it kind of it would kind of be like um you know watching the david gordon green halloween and never having seen the original halloween it's like well you need to do that the thing about the yeah but i think the concepts in the the new halloween like are less complex than Candyman, so you can Very do that. Yeah. You won't get as much out of it still, yeah. but you can't like that's those waters right. are a bit more shallow. Yeah, but I do know? think that like, Candyman stands on its own as more of an independent film, independent from the franchise than the yeah. the 2018 Halloween does. Because the 2018 Halloween really kind of sits on the fact that like you know who Jamie Lee Curtis is, right? I mean, they explain it to you and you That's get true. it. That's true, yeah. Whereas Candyman, yeah. it's like, yeah, they have a couple, yeah. you know, they've got like a a recording of somebody and a character shows up and, you know, yada, yada, yada without getting into specifics because people listening to this might not have seen Candyman. Candyman is still fairly Having bad, yeah. a very fresh understanding or, in your case, understanding at all of the original Candyman is key to... How yeah. masterful Candyman is. The, uh, tw- the 2021 Candyman is. It is. Yeah. I don't like this thing, too, of just calling it Candyman or calling it Halloween. Stop. There was already a movie in the fucking franchise. The movie that you're so sequelizing, you like, that your legacy... Like, call it something uh, else, you fucking assholes. Yeah, I mean, there's just something. I think it's just the marketing of it. I think. Yeah, I think, no, that's 100% uh, people, what it is. It's like, that's like just don't what call it, is, it Halloween right? like, 2. Yeah. Don't call it Halloween with a subtitle. Call it Halloween so yeah. people can just walk in and not understand. And that's like the dumbing of the. Of the the, yeah. of the theatrical audience, but luckily these movies these movies are they usually the the dumbing of getting the audience in the seats, but the movies bear way more complexities than sometimes they're original. Yeah, you know, like they. But then people don't fucking like know, them. They, they're like, it wasn't even scary. Eh, I mean, those movies are both. I mean, I don't know if Candyman's going to get another Candyman. I imagine it will, but we're getting Halloween Kills and shit. So like, that, yeah, so like that that's movie made, made money. so much money. That so movie like, made it doesn't, so it doesn't fucking matter, a dude. Sickly like, amount it doesn't of money. Matter. I think I think it's all I think it's fine. Like it's gonna be fine. I, I, I understand the frustration with it, um, but I do. I also, you know, on the flip, it's just like I mean, the the cleaner aesthetics of just getting a Halloween works, and whatever they call Candyman too, it better be like one more word because that's why Halloween Kills Six is just like I get it. What if they call it Candyman Kills? He's gonna, he's, <laughs> I'll watch it. <laughs> Candyman murders. I'll watch that shit. Uh, Robert, right, I have to go. Uh, any any more to say? You have. I to have move. to go. I right. have to get going. I could I could talk I could talk to you about Titanic. That's kind of what I was just considering. I'm seeing All I'm seeing the time day, code man. right now is like an hour ten. We took a break. We took a long we took a long break, break but I'm looking at like uh, yeah. So uh, I like Titan. I said it your way. Titan. 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 You like, you like Titan. Titan. 
Um, yes, I think I like uh, it a lot. In normal hot take, normal hot take fashion, this um, almost impenetrable movie became a little bit softer for us. Both. Uh, uh, definitely did the thing that I wanted to happen, which is clear up the one major issue I have, which was like the car connected tissue between like the first and the second half. Yeah, and that happened. Thanks, Claire. Um, yeah, I'm sure she'll appreciate it. She listens to all the episodes. So. Well, that's good. Well, then if she's listening, I'd like her to know that I'm just saying this to be nice. Okay. We can edit that part. You want me to edit this out? part out? <laughs> we can edit. <laughs> no, and sincerely, like that is, that is like the main, the main like kind of, uh, hook that I was hanging from on this of like I was kind of pissed off because I didn't understand how the car stuff connected to everything else I understand like oh she's pregnant from the car and I like all of that I mean but it's, it's like it's the only supernatural thing in the whole fucking movie everything else is I mean just kind like, of I like a lot of the fire uh, escape sequences we didn't even stuff. touch on the absolutely amazing homo normative shit of like this fire department yeah of just like fucking GQ models dancing and having fun. Uh, an yeah. amazing Future Islands, the lighthouse needle oh my God, drop. Yeah, I dude, I was like, like, I was like, what? I was like, I was like, Mike had to love this shit. Mike loves Future Islands. Well, I, I love Future like, Islands, this is, this is but like, him. you know, yeah. I, I don't. I have a very different reaction to that scene than I think ninety five percent of people watching this movie would have, which is. They've never heard that song before, so they're just like, oh, it's just a song playing in the background. That's fine. For me, I'm just like, this is fucking weird because it's a song yeah. that I've listened to hundreds of times. Oh, the Lighthouse is one of the Future Islands' like, most like recognizable songs to people who like Future Islands, yeah. which is a that band that I've seen like, like fucking five too. times. Um, yeah. It was extremely weird and made the movie even weirder for me, and I fucking vibed on that. Uh, the soundtrack in this movie, the score is cool. The soundtrack in this movie, fucking bangs. Both of them. I'm so I'm so hopeful for a vinyl of you know that has that both. has both. It has must both. have both. It yes. must have both. I need. I agree. I agree. 100%. Not only must it have both. For the love of fucking god, do not give me. Did you? Did you? Do not give me one side. Like side A is the score and side B is the soundtrack. Give it to me in order of how it is presented in the film i can't stand this shit when i get one I disc of score and one disc of soundtrack i'm like you motherfuckers have you seen some of the titles of these songs on the on the score like some of the title songs of the no, score please belly oil <laughs> forest fire okay sarabande sure ending from bedroom <laughs> ending from kiss <laughs> Wayfaring Stranger. Right. Apocalypse. Oh. Sure. God and Drug. Okay. Jim to Car. Fanning Car Kill. Car Fuck. <laughs> this is good. Beach, beach Puke. Beach Puke. Yeah. Justine Kill. Uh, House Burning, Airport, Simulator, Bathroom, Pieta. Car Fuck, though. I was, Car I was fuck saying, is I was like, good. these would all make. These would all make amazing. That's bandages. what we should rename like, our like podcast. Carfuck. Carfuck. Car <laughs> Car Beach Puke. I have to go. <laughs> all right. Do you, 
Mike, thank you so much for joining me. Do, do you I think? I had a lot of yeah. fun. And thank you so much, listeners, for listening. This is not the only podcast on Story Screen. StoryScreenBeacon.com is a host of many podcast articles and reviews. Hot ticks. You can also sign up for our hot ticks. You can also sign up for our members-only service where we provide you for $5 a month even more podcasts. Ain't that thing? We have a series on Tony Collette that Mike Burge and Brandon Gorman White do, and uh, they have another three years of it on the docket. And, no, you know, we're almost done. We're almost it. done. <laughs> And uh, Mike and I just wrapped up a series where we talk about video game adaptations. So kind of wrapped. We're wrapping kind it up. Kind of wrapped we're it up, gonna, yeah. We're going to double wrap it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so come check that out. We also have another series where we covered all of John Carpenter's movies, and we're excited to announce what the next podcast we're tackling on that service is going to be soon. Don't forget to head to storiesweekend.com to also buy tickets for our movie theater. We just are doing, we're just starting the horror show, yeah. which Titan, titties, Titan, Titan, We had like, we had like 30 people in Psycho, which I know might not sound like a large number to people who maybe haven't been to our theater. Our main theater is only 77 seats. So like we, we got 30 people into our first screening for the horror show for Psycho. It's fucking amazing. It's awesome. So uh, there's oldies and newbies oh, yeah. on this hard show. I just got my lamb costume in. I got like yet. a lamb onesie for A24's so lamb. Do you want to? Do you want to be on the lamb hot take? One hundred percent. Is that what you want? All right. Well, we're probably gonna do that. This we week, should do lamb like a real hot take. You want to do? We it should. In, in the we theater? should go see lamb at. I think it's. Um, it's playing in theater three on Friday, so that would be a seven or seven thirty next Friday, and then we can just set up shop and record right there. All right, let's maybe do that. Okay, I want to see that movie real bad. I'm it's so fucking weird. excited for the fucking movie. All right, well, uh, if you guys like this, stay tuned for Lamb. But we'll be back with more hot takes very soon. Thank you again, Mike. He's slamming a Miller. High oh, life. you're welcome. Yeah, I gotta finish this Miller High Life because I gotta go. I gotta go. And thank you, listeners, for listening. We'll be back with more hot takes very soon. Peace. Car fuck. (laughs) So what's your, who's your favorite cat now? Out of the four of them. I don't have favorites. Oh yeah. Yep, I love them all. My mom would equally. say the same thing about us, but I always knew I was the one. I'm your mom's favorite. You talking about? <laughs> she loves my. She, she loves has me. said she can't tell her voice apart on the podcast sometimes, and I'm just like, that kind of sucks. Ma- mother. Yeah, we do. We we have similar sounding voices, cadences, and vibes. Yeah, and terminology. We say a lot of the same things. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you see us next to each other, there was one time we told that one guy. He's like, Are "You guys brothers?" And I was like, "Fuck it, yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't care. Might as well. No, this is my point. dad. This is Peepa. This guy. This Peepa. That's my grandfather. Dude, I'm so fucking bummed. Not to keep delaying the podcast, I'm so fucking bummed about that poster. Yeah, man, it's it is jacked up, and I was just like, "This is what Mike deals with like every fucking week." Yep. <laughs> send him a send him a picture and be like, "Yo, this got busted. I need a new one." They'll send you another one. Yeah, yeah, eh, it's dead easy.